Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Rewind. This week we're joined by former Irish champion and world title challenger, Patrick Hyland. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Thanks for having me, lads. Thanks for having me. Or Pajo, or Punisher, or what do you go by these days? Glazier. All the, all the kids call me Pajo, so. Pajo, fair enough. <laughs> How are you keeping, man? Um, long time no see. Yeah, I'm keeping well, keeping well. keeping busy. Two young kids myself, so um, working flat out. I've been working through the COVID as well, so yeah, I kept busy, kept going. Now, now the club is back open tonight, so gonna get even busier for myself, coaching. Yeah, you you um worked during your boxing career as a glazier, correct? And yeah, uh, never really stopped. It. Still no, doing it. Still doing it. Yeah, I still have all my fingers as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a couple of scars, but you know, it is what it is. Puts the food on the table. Yeah, I remember we were talking before around a particular boxing fatality or a big a serious injury, and you saying. It's still less dangerous than working on the building sites. Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still, I still agree with it. Like as I yeah. said before, my uh, Josh Warnland fight, two weeks out, I, I slipped off a machine and put four stitches in my hand. Like so, uh, no one knew about that. But you know, <laughs> like, it was right, right down the bottom there. You'll see a big scar. But it just, it was a fresh blade, and I just hit off it when I slipped off the machine, and I didn't even know it was cut. But you yeah, had to go straight to the hospital and get four stitches in it. Yeah. Well, Padre, you're one of uh, three boxing brothers. Your brothers Edward and Paulie also won Irish titles. And together with your father, you formed a bit of an bo- Irish boxing dynasty there in the last decade or so. Yeah, um, we did, yeah. You've all finished up your professional careers now, but you're looking to go back into coaching with the Golden Cobra Club, uh, your yeah. dad's original club. So you're 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 opening up again in Raccoon and the, the uh, I suppose the idea is to bring your dad's legacy to a new generation of kids. You've had a couple of openings already but this is the first one branded golden cobra the whole lot yeah this is, this is it now um as, as, as you said there yeah five years ago when my father passed away um we all decided though he was still fighting edward had his own boxing gym and paulie was just working i think so we we, we decided to close the doors on golden cobra like as he said we weren't going to do that until we were all ready to do it together and um yeah, so we've we've had Hoyland Boxing Academy and Paulie set that up. Then Edward came down with us for the last year, so it just came together as well. It's been thirty years anniversary since my father set the, the the gym up. So we said, sure, would it not be best like going back now as Golden Cobra and you know 
rewrite the legacy that my dad had and, and, and try to match what he achieved when he started off with an Irish champion every year. Um, we're This will be our third year as uh, HBA kind of changing back into Golden Colbram. Like that, we pulled out two Irish champions in the two years that we were running. So it's kind of you know clicking together. And now we've got our own place up in Raquel. It's a nice little, um, little spot. You know, a nice little sweat box like what my dad used to have in the prefabs and the skills. So it's everything's coming together. And it's actually we have a big sign over the the building, and it's the first time ever Golden Cobra has a logo outside of a premises for okay. a boxing club. So we're delighted for that, and I'm pretty sure my dad would, would be happy with it. You know. Yeah, I, I remember your dad around the scene. Um, he was a larger than life character. Everybody seemed to know him and uh, enjoy his company. He was a tailor by trade, is that right? So he was, he was always very stylish. Trade, yeah. When he went to work, like, you know, but he, he was a tailor <laughs> by trade, you know, and he was a boxer for, that was his life. Like, my mom married into a boxing life, and, you know, she every every kid she had, like, of us alone, but everyone just came into the house, like, every boxer in the club were, like, like our kids as well. So she's all there washing and everything. So it was a, yeah, a boxing lifestyle we all lived. Was he uh, was he tough on you as growing up, or was he like, like a big brother? No, he was tough. He was a tough. <laughs> yeah, like no, he was a tough man. He 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 uh, had us really strict on us as well. Like you know, for outside behaviour and and stuff, we'd get a couple of slaps. Like you know, uh, didn't do us any 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 bad favours. Like kept us out of trouble. So kept us. He wanted everything for boxing, so that was his life, you know, he wanted us doing boxing, 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 he used to, used to turn around and say to us, and we had girlfriends, you don't need a girlfriend, boxing is your life, <laughs> you know, and we're like, what, oh, I'm 18 now, I think I want to have a girl, like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 get into that gym, that was, that was, that was the way he was with us. Yeah, and in the gym, was he, was he a tough task, taskmaster, like, uh, his boxers had a certain style, didn't they? Oh, yeah, um, personally, I got kicked out of the ring many a nights because, like, my brother Paulie and Edward were great at doing combinations on the pads. They could get things really quick, you know, do all the movement in and out, all that kind of stuff. And my dad really liked. And when I tried to put it together, it was all over the shop. And he'd, he'd, he'd like, in front of everyone, like, and knowing that I'd done it wrong, he'd say, he'd, he'd tell me to get the F out of the gym, like, or out, of, out of the ring, you know, and hit that bag, you know, you're, you can't even do it. A combination like which build me up more you know and then then he would get me at the end of the night and I'd pull out the combination and he said see you see once I push you and tell you or, or I give out to you in front of people you'll do it so it was, it was a bit of a motivation for me as well like well yeah he was very strict in the gym on us very very strict on it on all kids on everybody in the gym and we're trying to push that into this generation which is very hard because they're they're not as tough you know as grown up as to wear back when when we were kids and the generation before that, you know, like yeah, the mummies and daddies, you know, would you know, they didn't want to have their say most of the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. back then there was like, you know, if he does that wrong, give him a slap, like you know, they were allowed to do that. Yeah. Not anymore, not anymore. Yeah. Different generation. I suppose if a if a mummy or daddy wants to say in boxing, become the coach. That's that's your option. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. Like, um, to what the, what we what we try to do is like you know. In SPG was great. There was a barrier already, but sit, stand, and watch. But now that we have our own place, it's it's like like a crash. You leave your kid here and you come back in an hour to collect them. Like you know, so 
So we not the kids won't look around for mommy and daddy to like, oh, I'm getting tired here. You know, I need my mom and dad. They'll have us, you know. No, oh, yeah. come on, pick it up, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, so that's that's the other incentive of it, you know. So what was your dad's approach in the corner when you were fighting? Was he, um, did he join in? Did he big you up? Or did he tell you about how dangerous a guy was? Or was he the sort of fella who tell you, you're better than your opponent and you're going to beat him every time? What way did he approach it? My dad was he, he was, he was very clever in the corner. He was um, a boxing, I, I, I thought, a technician. Like, he, he would have a guy sussed out, you know, after a few minutes. Like, um, he was also, well, we're also in the corner. I think he was very nervous as well. Like, he, does, he, didn't, he never wanted to see us getting hurt. Um, I remember fighting in the, the O2. I think it was on Bernard Dunn and Punswat show, and I got a massive cut on my head. And I... I it was my first ever cut in boxing, and all I could feel was like the warmth of the blood coming down my face. And I'm saying to myself, "Am I cut?" So when I got into the ring, it was my dad and Joe Clifford, and the both of them were shocked how how big it was. But my dad's face, and I was like, you know, like me walking back like after having a great round and coming back all, you know, like that. And then getting in, and I see my dad looking with a, with a shocked face, and I'm like looking at him. I said, "Am I cut bad?" And he's kind of like. No, 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 you're fine. And then they were working on it, but you could hear, I could hear it in his voice that, you know, he, he was nervous, like, because of the cut and stuff. Um, and, and on the other side of it as well, he was very, like, like he was, like, was growing up, he was very strict, he was in the corner as well. I remember fighting Paul Griffin for me, or title after the fourth round. Um, that was a good fourth round, and at the end, he gave me a little, Paul Griffin gave me a little tap. And so I pushed him back, and, and I came back to the, to the corner smiling. And my dad ate me for that, just just for just for smiling, you know, like don't you be taking this like lightly and blah blah blah. And you know, he, he, once I got someone going, he, he wanted me to, to finish them. Like he he was he was evil in that way as well. But then after it is you know respectful to everyone, and and he just loved the game. He he loved everything about it. Yeah, because he was highly regarded as well. He be, he went on trips with Ireland and all. He was at yeah. national level at amateur. Yeah, he had. He was a national coach at the, the amateur level, and the stories like I, I went away um, boxing. He, he didn't want me going at the time. I was the juniors, and I was only sixteen, and it was under nineteen tournament, and he didn't really want me going. But I went, and I, I got a bronze medal over there. It was it was all right, but I was with like the, you know, a year older than me and all like Kenny Egan and stuff, and we had great times. Like like Matthew Macklin was Paul the Smiths and everything. We met on that tour and. You know, we all remember my dad from from then again. As you said, always uh, character and the, wants to be the the, the showman and the the life, the life of the party. But yeah, yeah. he pulled out. He was um, all the way. I think all the junior level now. He was uh, away a lot with the Irish team, like so. He was a yeah good international coach as well. Um, I think he. I think I interviewed him once, and he said that you were the one who was most like him at the time. Uh, it was when you were kind of moving towards world titles. And uh, he was obviously very proud of your achievements in boxing, and he felt that you could go all the way. Did Did you ever know that he was um, struggling with depression at the time? hadn't hadn't had no idea. Um, the, the whole week leading up to it, um, his death and, and everything, nothing. Um, I was training with him. I was doing everything. Now, mind you, the night before it was a Tuesday night. Um, I was training with him in the gym, and and I was doing. I was he hit he had the pads, and he didn't he didn't see him himself. And I said, to him, if you're not feeling well, just sit down. He just said, I'm a little tired. 
I said, just sit down there. Like, I'll do, I'll do my own work. Like, and then uh, I'll see you tomorrow when we're going sparring. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that. And uh, so when I was leaving the gym, there was two, two boys sitting on my car. And I always found it a little weird. But only then after, you know, when everything happened, like, I found it, you know, slightly weird. Like, yeah, there's two two boys sitting on my car. And my dad was, he was a bit of a aggress- aggressive to, 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 to people as well. So he goes, that messing with the two lads. Yeah, get off me bleeding car, like, you know. And he, he came out and goes, what's going on? What's going on? And I, I was like, I know, the boys are just sitting on my car, like, and he was like, all right, yeah, no worries. So he goes, right. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And he goes, okay, so I'll see you later. I love you. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm driving home. Dad never says he loves me. Like, what? You know, but when you think, when I was thinking back, like, he had everything planned and sorted. And, you know, we were watching actually, um, I think the Saturday before, because m- my wife was due the week you know, after he 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 committed suicide, and this June June twenty fifteen, yeah, this yeah, was, yeah. June twenty fifteen, yeah. Uh, so the week before that, I think Lee Selby was fighting, um, and he was in my house. We were sitting on the Saturday before, yeah, sitting in my house, and he's you know telling me how we can be him and do this and do that, and you know get all these big fights, and you know he was really excited, and you know he's saying he's looking forward to seeing seeing me son and everything like, and then Tuesday. The whole family's, you know, life just crumbled like from on the Wednesday. I was sorry, yeah, of, of uh, hearing from. I was down sparring. I was actually sparring with Phil Sutcliffe and Kieran Bates, and I had hundreds of missed calls on my phone. And I just like if he didn't show up, but I'd have just continued on what I do. You know, like it was it, it was inevitable that sometimes he'd be ah, you know, I won't I won't I won't come to the gym, but he'd, he'd drop a text or something. But I never got that, so I just continued on with me training. And then after it, yeah, I got the call and was told that I had to get up the up the blessing and you know my, my dad committed suicide. Like, yeah, that's shocking news. I remember the day it broke and it just seems so hard to believe. I'm yeah. so upset. A lot of people, um, well, a lot of people in the boxing world like said it to me and like after all, they thought it was it was myself that done it. You know, like because they just heard Patrick Paddy Hoyland like and and like yeah, I was kind of like. Still, still, like you know, like saying, like you know, like you know, wonder what he was thinking, or you, you can't really wonder, like, and how, 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 how depression works, and and him of all people, like the most bubbliest man that you'd ever meet, and was always like, you know, would talk to everyone, but something was was getting at him, and he just probably too proud to like, get, you know, talk to anyone or pull us aside and and have a chat, like, and you know, that's what we try to, to tell all the kids, you know. It's, it's an open book. You need to talk to yeah. everyone and just, 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 um, you know, speak up. Like, yeah, I was going to ask what, what effect has your father's death had up on your family? You've always very vocal speaking out about, um, you know, how much you miss him and love him. And I remember the outpouring of grief at his funeral. It was huge. You yeah. could feel it. It was a really sad occasion. And since then you and your brothers have been very active uh, on social media, but also in real life, with kids yeah. and, and talking about removing the stigma of depression and speak up and, and talk. So it's, has his legacy almost for you guys become like, you know, break this, break the cycle yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it, it is because like there, there, it, it, it's, it's very, it's very common now in Ireland for some reason, like suicide and, you know, like it's just to try get the get 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 the word out there, like to, you know, it's, it's okay to, to not be okay. Like it's okay mm-hmm. to talk to people. Um, 
you know, like I'm I'm an open book, man. I'm I'm emotional. I cry, like, and I and I don't I don't I don't, I don't care if anyone looks at me or says that. Like I said, uh, that's me getting it out off my chest, and and it's the same with like I, I say to all my friends and all. You know, the, the, there's no shame in you know being upset, and there's no shame. You don't have to be. There's no macho man anymore. Like you know, if there's something wrong with you, you, you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um. I read an I read a piece with uh, your promoter Lou Devella. It was just ahead of your your second world title fight, and we're going to go in and we're going to discuss this fight with uh, David Martinez in yeah. uh, in Lowell, Massachusetts, in October 2015. And Lou Devella has said that when news of your father came through, that bonded with him because his brother yes. had yeah. had died, died as well when he was a young man. And how did how, did you talk to Ludabella about this, or did it? Yeah, did, do you feel I, I, I didn't know this until Lou, Lou, Lou rang me and was talking to me. Like you know, we both had like a little bit, you know, tears down on the phone, and you know, just saying, you know, when don't don't rush back into anything, and you know, you take your time with everything. And I think it was um, he died in the June. My 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 I fought then in October. Like I, I told him, I, I rang them up and I said, him and Brian Peter said, listen, I need to get out. I need. I need to fight like um, I you know I need to I I, I don't want to stop right now I, I need to continue like I know my dad's not going to be with me he's been at every pro fight I ever had in my life and I know he's not going to be there but I need to continue my journey to try get that world title for him um, and in a sense I feel you know happy myself because his last fight with me was in Madison Square Garden, like, and I remember him in the change room, and, and he just turned around and said, we've made it to the historic building, like, you know, we've, Hoyland's name is, 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 is up there now on the, on the, the mainstream in Madison Square Garden, like, so yeah. we had a good, you know, like, even, the, even then, you know, it must have been playing on his mind what he, what he was planning or, you know, his depression was at him, but, because like he'd come out, he come out for a week with me, and we just had fun. Like, like he was always like always just had fun with him. And yeah, and then when Lou rang me up and he told me his brother doing the same thing, and I, I I I got upset on the phone, and he got upset with me. And he he's just a lovely man, Lou. And it was just it was just a it was good to get a bond with with me promoter at the time, you know, over something like this that the both of us are going through the same are going through the same thing, like. And yeah. yeah, it was just it was just a nice feeling. You described that fight against Martinez. It was just like a, just an undercard fight, really, in Lowell, Massachusetts. I won't say a bit of a nothing fight because Martinez had once been a decent prospect, but he he yeah. lost a Bernard yeah. run in Dublin ten years previously. So, was a, and he, I think he'd been stopped three times in a row. So it was a fight you were expected to win, a bounce back fight. Yeah, but I guess for you it was a massive, wasn't it? Like you you'd had your dad in your corner since nine years old, and all of a sudden. This fight comes along, and were you fragile going into the fight? Was this yeah, was it a fight yeah. that you could have lost? Oh, I I was losing the fight. Um, mm. it was the the hardest fight for me emotionally, unbelievable. So as I said, like my, my son was born on the the twelfth of June. My dad my, my dad died on on the fourth of June. So I I was up up and down, and um, so then uh, I had to leave my son. I went to America for three weeks, so I had to leave him. To, to, to finish my training and, and, and have the fight. So, yeah, it was it was grand. When I got over there, I, I was fine. You know, my dad wasn't kind of in me because when I used to go over and train with, Tra well, I'd train with Tracy Patterson, I'd call him my second father, like, as a coach. Um, it was just normal. 
you know, you know, my dad would come over the week of the fight. So it was it was normal, everything was going normal and you know, I was training hard and I was putting it in. I was FaceTiming my wife every time like I you know, I, I finished the gym and I was staying in my good friend's parents' house. They had a little a little apartment out the back and I was staying there, I was away from everybody and you know, sometimes it was it was hard because I was away. From, I didn't. I wanted to be by my son, but I said I, I got to do this. If I I need to get this win. I need to get back fighting to get to the top and try become a world champion. So yeah, then um, it was it was all good um, all the way up to it until in the, the changing room everything was buzzing because Stephen Armand was fighting on the card as well and Packy was there and Mark Kennedy were all having a good laugh and. Great, having a great time, um, and honestly, it was not on my mind about my father. And the fourth round came, I gave David a boxing lesson, and he would say that to you as well because I'm still friends with everybody that I fought. Like, so I'd be still talking to them, like on social media, which is some people say it's 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 very nice like that. Like I'd still talk with Gary Russell and Josh Warrington, but um, yeah, so I gave him a, an absolute boxing lesson in the fourth round, and I was like, this is going to be an easy night, you know? So I came back to the corner, and I sat down, and Tracy was there, you know, telling me what to do, and my dad was always on the left of the ring. So mm. I kind of looked to the left, and I turned back to Tracy, and he said to me, like, Tracy kind of got a bit shocked, and I, I said to him, where's my dad? And uh, Tracy was kind of like, and then, and then I realized it set into me, you know, that my dad died, and you know, you're you're here by yourself. You know, well, you're not by yourself. You had a lot. I had a lot of friends from Marlborough where I used to live. Tons of them came to watch me. And um, my wife was there, and we caught at the you know the ringside. Um, but I just start. I just went through the motions. Then I just was getting hit, and I was getting. I got a cut. I got two cuts actually, and I was all the way. It was only an eight rounder, so. I think uh, sixth and se seventh round, I picked it up a little bit myself. And then the eighth round, Tracy, Tracy done what my father would have done. He gave me a slap. And he says, what are you doing? Get out there and knock the shit out of this guy exactly the way your father would want you to. So I went out and what I, what, what I was bad about, it was the best knockout in my career. And I was like, to, to Luda Bella, did, you get, did he get that on, on, on tape and all? Didn't get it. I, I set him up nice for a, one of the best left hooks I hit a guy ever in my life, and he was splat out. But when he was splat out on the ground, emotions started coming onto me. Like I was standing in the corner, and I knew he wasn't getting up, but I, for some reason, I, I don't know what it was, I just felt so emotional. I started crying in the corner, looking at the man. I, you know, Not that I thought he was dead or anything, but just looking at him back. And when he, when he, when he, he, he set up, I went over and I, and I came over and I, and I sat down and he was looking at me and he goes, he, he, it, was, it was funny, like, but I was crying and he, he looked at me and he was like, oh, what, what happened? Oh, you fucker, you got me, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I put my arm around him and like, as he said, PBC got a photo of it and said, this is boxing is a gentleman's sport and I went around Twitter and social media and I, you know, I, I didn't mean to do that. I was just, I was emotional. And I and I sat down him, and then after I was talking to Dave, and he says, you know, I didn't want to be bad or that, but we thought we would have got you over your losing your father and all, and, and I did. He said I thought I had you in them few rounds. I I said I thought I was winning the fight, and I said I honestly thought you were winning too because you were hitting me a lot, and yeah, he just said he 
he thought because my father died and they, they said right we're going to get this guy and then we're going to get a shot at something you know yeah but he pulled out a, a good shot you know good left hook and, and then well, then that was all over you gotta you gotta no matter how harsh or cruel it is you gotta target weakness don't you and if oh, he's yeah. Pers- pers- yeah definitely and that's that's exactly what he did. He he said he targeted my weakness. They knew that I would was going to be vulnerable, and they tried to to, to play on him. But, but said, I suppose if if he'd chosen to, he could have been worse. He could have he didn't goad you, or I, I take it he didn't say anything about it. He just thought he'd win the fight. Oh no, yeah, he just he just thought he yeah, won yeah. the fight. Now. You know, um, yeah. he he didn't fight he didn't fight again. That was his last professional contest. Yeah, yeah. you went on to have two more. Um, your next fight did did the Martinez fight prepare you sufficiently to take on um, Gary Russell Jr. the following spring? No. I wanted it. I told uh, Brian Peters and Luda Bella, I said, I want a shot at something. I said, I need I need more motivation. I need something to, to push me for, some, for something. And it was like, when I got told, you know, uh, right, we have a... Uh, I didn't even know Gary Russell was the WBC champion at the time. I said, we have a WBC world title fight. I said, yeah. Do you want to know who it is? I don't care. Do you want to know the money? I don't care. It was like the time when Brian Peters rang me about Fortuna. And he says, uh, there's a shot for you to fight in Las Vegas on the undercard of Manny Pacquiao and Marquez. And I said, yeah. And he goes, do you want to know who it is? Don't care. Do you want to know the money? I, I don't care, Brian. I'm fighting in Las Vegas on the undercard of Manny Pacquiao and Marquez in the MGM Grand, I've made it. You know, that that, that was my, my incentive. Like, you know, I, I, I've done it. I'm, I'm at the biggest stage in the world. Like, you can't get any bigger. So, like, for that was for Fortuna. And I, I, I just took that without anything. And it's the same with Gary Russell. And, yeah, and I had a bit of fun sparring with John O'Carroll. He was my sparring partner for that one, getting me ready. You know, he, John was pretty fast. And we always had fun in the ring. And, he was awkward, and he used to he caught, caught me a lot with a few shots, and I was getting frustrated. Um, but then I'm saying to myself, if Gary Russell catches me, damn man, I'm you know I'm, I'm going to get hurt. Like, but uh, I think uh, I, I caught John on one training session, and I done the nerves in the back of his neck. Uh, so he was out for a, about a week or two weeks, like, and I was like, ah, yeah, I still have the power, you know. <laughs> so, but like after that, I just had a good laugh with John over that. But then the Russell, till I got in there till the fourth round. You know, I was I, I I trained hard for that. I I was ready. You know, but again, I was working full time and training full time. But I, I I thought I was ready for him. I said, whatever he's gonna throw me, I'm ready. Until he threw that first jab, I was like, whoa! It was like the wind coming back. I was like, what was that? You know, but yeah. I made miss a few times. You know, and then in the fourth round, he, he caught me with a he came he hit me a low blow, and I the, the referee checked him on it, and I agreed with it. You know, like the, in the Fortuna fight as well, I got a low blow and the referee says to me, you can take your five minutes. And I was like, oh, I was holding. I was going like, yeah, that one, that one hurt. And then I looked up. But I say this to everyone. And I say to my dad and all. He asked me, why do you take the five, five, the five minutes and all? When I looked up, because I knew it was live on pay-per-view, like, yeah, and everyone at home be watching or so. So I looked up and the camera came straight in my face. I'm like... Oh, grand! <laughs> you know, I'm like everyone back home. Look at this little wuss getting a body shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. taking a blow, blow. Yeah. Same, you know, he got got caught with that, and then he cut Gary Russell hit me across the body and ripped the lie on me. And I came back to the corner and I was sitting down, and 
I was saying that I, I actually I think I remember saying that to Packy um, every time he throws out his jab he's dropping his left every time so I said the next time he's doing it I'm going to come inside and try to catch him with the right hand and that's me thinking you know and I, I don't know if Packy saw it and, and, and or, or did or didn't see it as well but Russell said to me after and he says I, I was setting you up for that because I knew you're dumb Irish and I was like, what do you mean, dumb Irish? Like, he goes, all you'd want to do is come forward and fight. You see a gap, you want to take it. And I said, yeah, well, I didn't see that right hook you hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, it's a wonder you didn't get into a fight in the car park afterwards. I know, they came into the change room after uh, uh, Gary and his brothers, you know, and I had to go to get a, I, I got concussion, so I had to go get a, a CAT scan and all, and the doctors were asking me questions and all, and the Russells walked in, and I goes, which one of y'all, Gary Russell's hit me? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there's so many of them, isn't there? Yeah, they all started, they all started laughing, he goes, man, I can't wait, we, we need to go have a beer. I said, yeah, I'm going to the bleeding hospital now, thanks very much, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. no, it was good, it was good. We, we know what happened against Warrington, then you got a bit of a short, like for your last fight, you fought a guy who went on to become a world champion, Josh Warrington, you got a sh- basically short notice, and you, why did you yeah, take it? I, you know, it, with the Warrington thing, I always had respect for the kid, um, and I've always wanted to fight him, um, when he was European champion and all, I says, I've I, I seen his work rate and all, and, you know, he, at the time he was European champion, I was over in America training, and I said, this kid, this kid in England, you know, he's got he's going place, but I want to fight him for that European title. So we were trying to get that, and i you know, it, it it never happened. And then the show, um, it was my second fight back after that eighteen months layoff I had in the Tree Arena. I was meant to fight John Simpson, and Eddie Hearn was. I I was talking to Eddie Hearn, and you know he said the winner of Simpson and Hoyland will get Josh Warren for the European title, and I was like, lovely. And I said I'd, I'll have no fear of walking into Leeds with a. A Man United jersey on, you know, yeah. the, the whole kit, like, and he says, "Oh, that'll be interesting," like, you know. But then, what? Uh, Simpson pulled out, and I had another guy come in, and I asked Eddie, I said, "If I still do the business here, am I getting a warning fight?" And he says, "We'll have to look at it, but I, I, I think, I think it'll be good." 
you go to fighting Leeds, you coming in as Man United and all. Now, my dad wasn't at the press conference, but after the the, <laughs> the press conference, he says, uh, that that was in, I think that, when, that, that was the Macklin-Hoyland card where he got Macklin off yes, the yeah, yeah. So, my dad was still alive anyways, but uh, he uh, says to me, if you wear a Man United kit into Leeds, don't mind Warrington trying to fucking kill you. I'll kill you. You know, and I was like, "Well, because like you look at the golden cobra, it's Legion United colours, like you know." So right, uh, so that was that, and then so the I always say timing and boxing is great. You know, you pick a good time in boxing, you you can get a guy. And after the Russell fight, I was off for so long, um, and then the Warren fight came up, and I took it. I was like straight away, so six weeks. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. But what was I doing? All I was doing was eating and drinking. I was up. I was uh. I think it was about 69 kilos. And mm. to make 57 again, and I said, right, I'll just proper diet everything now and cut myself good and we'll make that weight. But uh, my first time in my whole career, I couldn't make <laughs> Couldn't drop that two pounds. But the first press yeah. conference now was funny as well when Eddie Hearn was saying, you know, watching all the Instagrams and, you know, yeah. been doing great training and, and all like that. And I, and I came to me and I said to Eddie, I said, I'm glad you're watching my Instagram because all you've seen is points again in the last few months. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, but then he, he definitely made the offer. It was a good fight. It was a good fight. I tried, you know, as I said, I, I wouldn't back it. I wouldn't back down. And like, like, like I've always said, I'd go out with my shield and I tried, I was just exhausted after four rounds from trying to cut the weight and everything, you know, I was exhausted, but credited to Josh, he'd done his job and, he landed all the good shots and, you know, put me on my back foot and hurt me and finished me off. Yeah. And you, you hung up the gloves then about two months later or a month later you made an announcement. Yeah, well, was that, that, was that, it was yeah, straight after that fight I had to, you know, talk with the wife. Well, not straight after because we went went back to the pub and Josh came and we had a few points and all, so we had a good laugh after it. But uh, we got, when I got home, I just said to her, I said, there was things I could see in there but I couldn't do them. And every time I wanted to do something, I'm get, I was getting the, I was getting punched, so... I just said, well, I think it's it's time to call it a day, like with 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 the pro game, like you know, it's, it's a young man sport. I'm getting old and working full time, and so I just said, yeah, I think that I think that's time. It's time to call it a day. And then I said, well, I'm like, well, well, it's not bad. I've only got beaten by three world champions, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you'd you'd also done you'd also done some rounds in the ring with a different world champion from a different discipline. Um, do you see, I think your video sparring Conor McGregor, boxer spars oh, McGregor, yeah. Yeah. well over a million no. or two views at this stage. Did you ever yeah. read the comments underneath them? No. Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I say that loads of people put up slagging me and all I say like that. Yeah, but they didn't put up the videos of us boxing. You know, they put yeah. up a video of me and him just, I said, he said, do you want to do a little bit of MMA? And I said, yeah, sure, go on. It's, it was only starting to get big over in America when I was living there and I said, sure, let's go. I don't know what to do, but I'll have a go with it. Like, and he, he threw me around like a rag doll. But uh, that would that would have been the first time I ever sparred. But then I, I went down to when they moved from that was in the old place on the Longmore Road, and then they moved down to the to the, to the bigger place. And uh, I'd come come with Connor, and I I, I would have done a few sparring sessions with him, you know, just boxing and stuff, you know. But there's a few times now he he'd be moving around and he'd just spin and hit me with a back backhand like and I'd go what the f-? he's like sorry sorry Jesus you know like it's just yeah. natural for them you know that that, that same that same day as well um with the the video of McGregor he was getting he was getting the raps on I was sparring the guy from from my area as well Key Cody is his name 
and uh, you know we were sparring him and I was boxing well and you know he wasn't doing too bad or anything like that and John Kavanagh asked uh, is it okay he throws a few kicks in and I said sure you know like so it's like when he was throwing kicks in I was stepping back from them and he was missing me and I said to myself you started to watch this now just maybe block one you know block one and, and, and see what happens so what I did is I just planted my left foot down and I said to him I didn't say I don't know what you said I'll keep my leg there and see you know try to push back in when he kicked me well I'm not gonna lie I had tears in my eyes he nearly broke my leg with a kick I, <laughs> he said you're supposed to lift and push up against it <laughs> we floated my leg was flat and he caught the top of me toy dead leg Conor McGregor was laughing outside the ring, like you know, looking at me. <laughs> I was like, I mean, then Conor got into sparring. I was give me, give me two rounds so my leg gets back to normal. Like, then we had a few good rounds. Like, yeah, good lad, like decent fella. You know, he he messaged me after my father died, and so you know, he's a he's a nice man, nice guy. You know, wouldn't be in touch with him now, kind of. You know, but, you know, he's all big and famous and all. You know. <laughs> what did you make of his efforts at boxing? Um, obviously. Listen, I thought yeah. he'd he done okay now, but in, in saying that, like, I know Mayweather wasn't, you know, I think he was playing for a bit, you know, to, to, to make the fight go on long or whatever, but, you know, he, he caught him with a few good shots that made, made everyone everyone think, you know, that wasn't too bad, like, you know, he, he had an awkward stance, he kept going around the back, now I thought he should have gotten a few little taps in the back of the head, because you know the way Mayweather was always dirty with the elbow on people, like, it would have been funny or maybe if he'd done a little a swoop or something and threw him to the ground it was funny but I, I remember going to Vegas with my friend from New York uh, to the Mayweather Pacquiao fight and Connor w- w- flew in like now I was I was on the on the on the on the rip like that the thing and he texted me and asked me do I want to go for sparring I says I'm in the pub like he goes if you've only had about four or five it'll be grand I said yeah, hold on, like, well, do you drunk and you bat on me? And then I just go back out and get drunk again. And he goes, oh, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. Definitely post, next post the video. Yeah. Do you think he should, um, do you think, there's always talk about what McGregor's going to do next. Um, do you think he should pursue another boxing match? Obviously, there's names like Pacquiao out there and stuff from, he could probably, I'd say if he wanted to fight Pacquiao, he could just say it and Pacquiao would do it because of the money yeah, that'd be on offer. Of, of course. Uh, um, and I think, yeah, with, with the, you know the popularity that that he has, and you know the the, the fame that he has now. Anyone you get it, and he's gonna make millions again, like just from a boxing fight. And I know most boxers like us that push our way, build up the ladder to try get there. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you see Conor McGregor coming in to fight Floyd Mayweather, making a hundred million. You know, and everyone else is like, "What the hell?" Like, yeah. But you gotta look at it. It's a changeover. He's he was the king of the MMA the MMA world, so he done his time and made all his money in the MMA, so of course he's not going to come over to the boxing side and just, you know, fight his way up a ladder, like, of course he's going to fight the course, top yeah. to make to make the money, like, so it was a, a win-win for both of them, like, I think, for the, the money-wise, anyways. Well, there's an argument, I suppose, that if he went into boxing at the bottom of the ladder, there's lads at Irish domestic level that could beat him or, or you know, or give him a good fight, uh, but... It's understandable why he doesn't do that. But uh, do you, do you think that that sort of um, that sort of crossover jape is disrespectful to boxing? Because obviously you, you've lived your you've, you're boxing since you're a child, like since eight or nine yeah. years old. Yeah. Your father's legacy is completely um, it's it's in parallel with boxing. It's your family sport. It's it's yeah. a way of life. Yeah. 
and uh, you've got a lot of pride wrapped up in that. Do you feel that this kind of demeans the sport, or do, is it all part of the entertainment? No, game I think it's it? all all part of the entertainment game of it. Like it's, it, it, it'd be the same if a boxer went over into the MMA world. Like you know, like okay, they're gonna get turn around, but if you, it just take a few months of training at that. You know, like the, the grappling and stuff like. Uh, because if you look at most of Connor's fights, that I feel, anyways, that he's won even the Aldo fight. You know, Connor had a, a bit of a boxing background as well, and he's very he, everything is with his hands. You know, all these knockouts have been with his hands, and you know, he, he, I look at it, it was a basic, you know, boxing touch, touch, and as he comes in, step back with the left hand that knocked Aldo out. Like it was a, a, a decent boxing stat. Like get his whole arms up, guard up, boy. The, the legs spread apart, and as he came, he stepped back, bang, caught him with the left hand, and and done done the job on him. Like a few of his fights are, well, nearly all his knockouts are with with punching. Like so, he knows how to punch correctly. Where I would say to MMA guys, they they all they're all training now to learn how to strike, as in doing that boxing. Like because yes, they can take it to, to the ground and upend you in a second. Like but if if it's standing. You know, with the fist, like they, they don't know how to, to catch or slide or slip outside of a shot and, 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 and counter it, where McGregor knows how to do all that. So I, I don't think it's um, demeaning the sport or anything. I just think it's for the entertainment side of it. And I think I'll see, we'll see a few a few more of them. You know, with other fighters and all changing over and jumping over for, you know, like everyone's going to pay to watch it. Like a boxer yeah. fighting a UFC guy, a UFC guy fighting a boxer, you know. It's just it's going to be the entertainment side of it. It's 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 all about the, the greens, isn't it? It's all about the money these days. That's what it's all about. All right, yeah. Uh, Pazzo, just before we let let you go, who do you think um, from your old from your old division? Who do you think's the top featherweight in the world, or do you still follow it much? Or I, I'd love to see Warrington fight uh, Gary Russell Jr. Personally, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. Um, I think uh, it will be a good fight, and I, I think they both want. Well, I know Josh wants it anyways, but I don't know if. With Russell, he doesn't fight much. We all know that. Um, I still at at the at the moment, I think Josh is up there at the top level with just you know how how consistent he is and all the the fights that he's had and the people that he's beat lately, like from you know myself, Carl Frampton, Lee Selby, you know a few good guys, and he, he you know he's up there at that level where Russell fights once a year. Um, but I still think uh, boxing ability, Gary Russell is 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 the best. Um, yeah, but it'll be an interesting fight to see, and one I would like to be ringside to watch. Me two last boys <laughs> that beat the shit out of me, and I don't know, I would be cheering, and I'd be yeah. like, let's go for a point after. <laughs> yeah. Um, is your son gonna box or? Uh, no, gonna my son Callum is gonna be a golfer. Right. <laughs> Either keep that, that, that too pretty, they have that mother's look, so but I wouldn't have them in the ring. Yeah. You'd end up looking well, like the father. Yeah, well, time will tell. Well, look, Pajo, thanks yeah. so much for joining us today on Rocky Road Rewind. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure,
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 